audio-only version of American RVer. To see the video podcast, go to AmericanRVer.com and click on the video link for the show on the homepage. You're watching American RVer. We're glad you're here. On this show, we speak with Dan Covington, owner of Truck System Technologies. Dan has been our guest before, and this time he tells us about some tire pressure monitor upgrades and has a special announcement for us. Next, Tina Clark takes us on a tour of the Yuma Quartermaster's Depot. We learn many historical facts about this important historical park located along the Colorado River. So sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to another edition of American RVer. Glad you could join us. Um, this is going to be a real interesting show for you. I think you're going to really like it. Um, we have a guest that's been on a couple of times with us before, uh, Dan Covington, and he's uh, with Truck System Technologies, TST, and of course, he does tire pressure monitoring systems. And uh, Dan, we've used your product for years and have had great luck with it, and welcome to the show. I'm glad you can come back on. Well, thank you, Jim. It's, it's always a pleasure to come out and, and meet with you and, and, and Peg and, and uh participate in your show you've, you've got a great following we've had a great relationship yep. through the years we've, we have we we've, have we've, we've we've known each other what almost 10 years now i believe we're pushing close. it pushing it at least eight, eight or nine eight, we're getting eight there eight years yeah yeah and uh we are out in uh arizona right at the moment here uh dan has flown out this way and we'll tell you more about that later but um we're going to talk about tpms units some of the changes changes you've made to your uh, current units um and some improvements i should say um, you've done a lot of improving, and you listen to your customers, you listen to feedback, and uh, a lot of changes have uh, come about because of that. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we, I, I, I personally speak to customers every single day. I speak to RV clients, I speak to trucking clients. We listen, and we try to tender a product that serves the absolute need of our clients. Um, and, and, and to kind of segue into that, just a couple of basic innovations that we've made here. This is our 507 flow-through system. And, that up there so they and, can see it. Okay. And, and you'll notice basically that, that with this system, you can affix the sensor to the valve stem, and you can add and remove air uh, through the sensor. It features a one-year battery that's very easily changed. You've got two set screws here. The whole kit comes out, the battery slides out, and the new one slides in. Uh, we've been in production with this system now for a little over two years, and we've made some enhancements to it uh, by way of listening to our clients. We have actually reduced the length of this, this mounting collar, and the reason for that is we have discovered that there are flared valve stems out there where the, where the valve threading is a certain diameter, but as soon as the thread's in, it, it flares out, and hence with the longer collar, it was not allowing the sensor to seat. So we shortened the collar and solved that problem. Um, another innovation that we have actually made to this system, and, and we'll just stand those up side by side, you know, so your, your viewers can kind of see. You can see this one's shorter than that one. Um, another thing that we have done is we have improved our mounting bracket. Uh, the old bracket, of course, was kind of large, a little bit cumbersome. Customers weren't overly happy with it. The feedback basically was, hey, Dan, can you, can you give us something a little smaller, a little more compact? And we listened and we brought forth this mounting bracket. So this is the current 
flow-through system. Uh, we also, our instructions for installation on our systems are very, very simple. Uh, we just one page of instruction. That's it. It's very, very simple. We also boast customer service, which is open until midnight, seven days a week. Uh, we're very easy to reach, and you know, we're here for you. And we listen. We care. M virtually all of our products have, have been heavily tested, and a lot of our technology is developed in and through top 30 trucking companies in the U.S. Uh, one thing that really kind of separates us from a lot of our competitors is that we have, we have an aftermarket contract with both Daimler and Packar. And in, in entering into a business relationship with Packar, of course, they're the parent company of Peterbilt and Kenworth. Uh, they actually flew to our factory, Jim. They sent oh, really? a team over. Uh, they, they reviewed our, our production plan. Mm -hmm. They went through our plant. They, they reviewed our raw material storage, uh, how we manage our electronics. They mm. reviewed our financials. Wow. Uh, they really put us under the microscope. I guess they did. They did. Uh, it, it was, it was uh, you know, we, we almost call ourselves PACAR certified at this point. Yeah, I mean, and how did you come out? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it looks like you came out pretty good. We came out, we came out very good. We yeah, came out very good. good. We, we, we won the contract, and it, it's Excellent. very good, you know. So we're very excited about that. And, and a couple of other things that really kind of set us apart, you know, if, if you look at the first segment we ever did, mm -hmm. you and I sat down, I had one sensor. I had one system. Right. And we were in Quartzsite, if I remember correctly, we at that point. Quartzsite, Arizona. Yes, many years ago. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah. And now we have a full array of systems. We have internal sensors. We have external hub-mounted flow-through sensors, which mm -hmm. are pretty prevalent in the trucking industry, but they can be applied. They, they are applicable to the RV industry right. as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, you know, we also, of course, have our, our five-year um, external uh, cap sensors, if you will. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, we have uh, them with user-replaceable batteries as well, featuring a one-year battery life. Right. And actually, for the most part, I think the batteries will actually go a little bit longer than a year in most circumstances. But um, one year is, I guess, a good average. It's a good average. We've, we've got customers that, that might see 13 or 14. I believe I talked to somebody that had 16 months service wow. out of them. But That's pretty good. I don't promise anybody that they're going to get 16 months. Right. I, you know, we're, right. 12 to 14 months is kind of the... And replacement, the sweet spot. replacement batteries are inexpensive. They are very inexpensive. We even sell them at uh, our batteries. We, we sell the replacements as well for $2 a piece. And, of course, they can yeah. be purchased pretty much anywhere. Right. Uh, even our local Walgreens actually sells them. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty exciting um, and easily acquired product. So when you're, when you're out and about, the benefit to these systems with the user-replaceable batteries is just that you, know, you don't have to send the equipment back to us. Exactly. You know, you can, you, you're out and about. You don't have to do that. You just put the battery in and, yep. and, and go. And the system will tell you, actually, as the batteries are going down. Yes. You'll get yes. an icon at the bottom of the screen yep. indicating. So you should not be caught out and about with, uh, with, with, a, with a battery issue. And that's a very nice feature. Uh, and, of course, we've had our system uh, long enough, so we had to replace the batteries. And it's very easy to do. And we used a jeweler's screwdriver, basically, and popped the cover off. The new took the old battery out, of course. Mm -hmm. Put the new one in, put it back together again, and we we're good to go. Perfect, perfect, yeah, yeah. perfect. And and a couple of things I want to I want to share uh, with your viewers is that this 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 display will will run for about five to seven days on about an hour and a half charge. Yeah. So they've got very efficient, very efficient, and it's a lithium ion battery. It's got a twelve volt uh, plug, or 
we have many clients who choose to just hire, hardwire it right in, and we have a hardwire kit. As you can see, it's pre-fused. It's got mm -hmm. a five-amp fuse. You, you got the uh, power port here. You know, so so clients have an array of options at their disposal. Right. And one thing that is really cool about our products mm -hmm. is it doesn't matter if you have an internal sensor, a hub-mounted sensor, this flow-through sensor, our CAP sensor, mm -hmm. our 507 RV sensor, which I believe you're running on your tow vehicle. That's correct. Um, all of those products can be on one rig and work together. That is kind of cool. We've, we, we've got, um, you know, we're, we're in, in the works right now, we're having a dialogue with uh, TIFF and RV. And uh, it looks like we are going to be the OEM system for them in the 2016 model year. Tim Tiffin nice. is actually running our system on his coach. Ah, okay. A little so, test there. A little, big test, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've, indeed. We've, they've actually got two of our systems they've been running for uh, over a year now. Oh, wow. That's, so, that's great. Yes, it's exciting. And, yeah. And, and what they're actually, what's, what a lot of folks will do is they'll, they'll take an internal kit and they'll put it on the coach, or they may take a flow-through system such as this, um, and put it on the coach, and they'll use our cap sensors, our 507 RV cap sensors, mm -hmm. because this sensor is about two inches in length. Right. And of course, if you put that on a on a car with with a with a limited rim depth, you're you're going to have a curbing issue. And that's what we had, and that's why we decided to go with the cap sensors. That yes, exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. So, you know, these 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 companies that are putting them into OEM, like Tiffin, they're they're going into uh, production with them, are going to be selling the caps as an add-on tow kit. I see. For the people, and mm -hmm. the system's actually going to port right into the dash. So, oh, really? At the OEM level, they will not need our display. Ah, very nice. Yes. So it'll be an integral part of the dash when yes. you get your coach. Exactly. Yeah. It'll be just like any other functioning system on the on the coach. Really nice. But yeah. I'm in. Now, now one of the reasons that you're out here in Arizona with us is because we are kind of uh, joining uh, the company here. Exactly. Yes, we're yeah. we're welping, welcoming you and Peggy aboard yeah. as uh, ambassadors for Truck System Technologies, and and we look forward to your contribution. Uh, and and we're and while I'm out here, of course, we're going to visit some Camping World stores mm -hmm. and a couple of independent stores, and we're going to make right. some calls and and, and, and visit and uh, spread goodwill and and uh, try to get some systems out. And we're going to know everything about your systems by the time <laughs> you leave in a couple days, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> everything. Everything there is to know. Yes. <laughs> That's right. yes. Yeah. Well. <laughs> we appreciate um, the uh, the ability to do this for you. Um, we I think it's going to be great. Um, you know, we really enjoy having your system in the coach, um, and we've had it for years and years and years. We've known each other since you basically first started this. Mm -hmm, exactly. So um, you know, we're we're really excited about it. I think it's going to be great. I do too. I do yeah. too. I, I was thrilled. When, when you guys accepted our offer. Yeah. I was absolutely thrilled. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be excellent. And so um, well, we uh, we've kind of run out of time here. Is there anything else you want to throw in there real quick? Well, we've we've got a working display here and uh, you know, this is actually uh, I believe this is your display. This yes, is, it is your coach outline. That is correct. And I guess the only thing I just really want to highlight, we may have some viewers that might not know what TPMS is or what it does. And this is a tire pressure monitoring system and you're going to notice this is a, it, it's got a footprint essentially of, uh, of, of, of the Gritch's rig. You'll see uh, you've got the steer axle, the drive axle, and you've got the tow car. And the system just scrolls from tire to tire reporting both PSI as well as temperature. And when it, if, if a tire goes down, you're gonna get a loud audible alarm 
red LED lighting will go off. You'll get an icon at the bottom of the screen which will indicate what type of situation you're dealing with, whether mm -hmm. it's heat or high, high PSI, low PSI, mm -hmm. fast leak, low leak, what have you. And this just, it's, it's a great, great, great tool. Every time I'm, I'm out and about and I, I, I see people on the side of the road with blown out tires and RVs, I, I, it just makes me want to come to work and do my job even harder. Yeah, exactly. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I've talked to a lot of people about tire pressure monitoring systems, and I say that I will not pull out of the parking lot without this active working so I know what's going on with my tires because that's that could be a, a real nasty situation if something blows and you're doing 65 miles an hour. That's a problem. Yes, yes. And so. I, I've spoken to several customers that have had that happen and they buy our system after. Yes. <laughs> so folks, buy it before this happens, okay? All right, Dan, well, thank you very much for being on the show once again. My uh, pleasure. appreciate it. We're looking thank forward you. to working with you. And uh, you stay with us because we're going to be back in a few moments with another segment. We'll return with the Yuma Quartermaster's Depot. Want to replace your halogen or fluorescent lights with cool, energy-efficient LEDs? Then check out www.ledrvlighting.com. They specialize in interior LED RV lighting. With low prices, a good selection, and fast delivery, you can't beat them. You can even get LED tubes that directly replace your fluorescent lights, quick and easy. Go to www.ledrvlighting.com, your best source for RV LED lights. Hi, welcome to this edition of American RVer. I'm Peggy Gritch, your host. We are in Yuma, Arizona, and there's a lot of historic places in Yuma. So we've decided to come to the Yuma Quartermaster Depot's State Historic Park, and we're gonna find out a little bit about the uh, depot, the history of it, and what it's like today. Joining me today is Tina Clark, and she is the curator, historian, archeologist, manager of this facility, and many other things in Yuma. And uh, Tina, I just want to say thanks for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Okay, we are standing in front of a map. And yes. uh, first of all, let's talk about what Quartermaster Depot means and okay. then what that means in Yuma. Okay, really, uh, the Quartermaster Depot was in a strategic place to supply all the U.S. Army posts and fort. Okay, so it was forts. a military place. Yes, it was, so U.S. Army. Here was the biggest logistical problem in the earliest days, in, in the you know, 1849, 1850, for the Mexican-American War, after the Civil War, uh, it was called the Indian Wars period. Hmm. And there were forts literally all over this map. How could you supply them over land? Well, the magic in Yuma is that Clipper ships left the main port of San Francisco where all the manufacturing at the time was done. So clipper ships would come all the way down past the coast of California, down Baja, up the Sea of Cortez, and offload here at Port Isabel. Why? Because the Colorado River was very muddy, lots of sandbars, so specially designed flat bottom river boats that only drew 12 inches fully loaded. No kidding. Would be, so they'd be loaded up 125 miles to Yuma and all of the uh, goods that were going to be distributed 
through the whole Southwest were stored here, and that is what we know Home Depot today, right? Right. A depot was a place wow. that stored supplies, food, ammunition, uniforms. We stored here, they stored, I wasn't around, <laughs> but they definitely stored a six-month supply of everything a military post or fort would need for six months. Wow. So it was really, Yuma was the reason that the West was subdued and really allowed west, westward migration. Well, I'm sure you, they couldn't come across the mountains with wagons full right. of supplies, so the ships make sense. That, that is right. Well, here, th this trip from San Diego to Yuma over land was about a 25-day trip. Okay. And, of course, we have sand, lots of sand. It's the Sonoran Desert. And you, you really, the mules just, it, was, it wasn't a trip that was efficient. But once George Alonzo Johnson had the brainchild of developing specially designed little river boats, then the West was allowed to flourish. I had no idea Yuma was so important in yes, the settlement a, of the West, really. Yes, it was a totally strategic location. And again, it's at the narrows of the Colorado. At least maybe up to 100,000 people crossed here going to the gold rush. Okay. And we had quicksand. It's a desert. We have two rivers. And um, the riverboat saved the day for the U.S. Army. Okay. Well, let's take a look at some of the other buildings that are still standing yes. here at the Quartermaster Depot. Yes, we have five fantastic buildings, really. Uh, early, the earliest one, the house is 1850s. The warehouses were added onto, again, the mid-1800s. And uh, we have the most precious house the Quartermaster's House, built in the 1850s. Oh, that'll be something to see. Very lovely. Okay, let's go okay. take a look at that. Good. So this is a huge warehouse. Yes. And you said that just beyond these doors is really the river. Yes. So all they had to do was hook up, I mean, bank at the river. Yes. And immediately offload, and here comes everything. Yes. So this warehouse to the rafters would have been stacked with everything every military post in the Southwest needed. And we're, we're talking coffee, sugar, ammunition, bullets, Clothing. everything, right. uniforms. Yeah. And that, so what would, that, right here we have a perfect replica of a U.S. Army wagon of the, of the period. So right across the way we had something called a corral house an adobe corral, 900 mules oh, waiting wow. to pull wagons as you know all the way as far as they could. How many mules on a team to pull a wagon? Well, depending on how heavy the load was, but they could load up to 20 mules. Now, um, a mule driver, they were known as teamsters. They were, the slang hmm. word was a mule skinner. Okay. And they didn't skin their mules, but they had whips. They didn't whip the mules, but they cracked a whip long over the whole team because the most important 
uh, mules were the, the, the front leaders, two. the mm -hmm. front two. So he'd have to give them signals with that whip, and he used his voice too. Okay. So then one military escort only would escort this wagon far away to the military posts, remote outposts. So they would go north, east. Yes. And well, here, let me just say this. We had the Colorado River. Right. And you could get on a riverboat here and go upriver 600 miles. Okay. So if your military post was near the river, they could supply it by river. From the water. But sure. if you were in the middle of Tucson or Albuquerque or Santa Fe or Denver, you needed supplies. Okay. And that, and by the way, they had the very first um, telegraph in the Southwest hooked up here so they could place their order by telegraph. No kidding. So that Cuba was, was ahead of its time. Wasn't yes, it? it was. Yeah. And it, it also, there's such a romance uh, really because of the riverboat history. So the riverboats were bringing people and goods, not just military goods, but very good French wine. Uh, Yuma was an outpost here that was the first stop on the riverboats. And then 1877, the first train came into Arizona, right here at Yuma, and the, that train put the riverboats out of business. Oh, okay. And the last thing that really put them out of business was the first dam on the river, which was here at Yuma in 1909. Huh. So There's a lot of history here. Let's yes. continue on in the park and see okay. what else we can find. All right. You are looking at one of the prized pieces of architecture in Arizona. This is known as the Quartermaster's Office. It was built around 1875. It housed the Quartermaster's operation, mm -hmm. and he literally had his own telegraph right outside where he was getting orders from every military post and fort all over the Southwest. This very operation is what has created the Southwest that we know today. Well, they really knew how to build these buildings back then, didn't they? It's amazing. <laughs> well, don't forget we're in the desert. We don't have big timber. Right. So what were the building materials in territorial Arizona? Mud, or it's known as adobe. It's a mixture of straw, mud, sand. Oh, okay. And they're 18 inches. They're probably about 10 inches deep. And they built them in forms. And then they literally built this with mud in between each one. These build, this building has lasted from 1876. It's beautiful shape. It is. And notice that these windows are, have a depth of 18 inches. So what was the benefit of adobe? The best insulation. And what the uh, pioneers would do, would they would close up the building all day and they'd open the doors at night. They'd okay. cool it off and they'd keep the cool in, air in. Okay. And that's how they survived one of Yuma's summers. Terrific, it's really well preserved and it's a pleasure to be able to see this and experience a little bit of what life was like back yeah. then. But let's go take a look at where the quartermaster used to live. I'm kind of anxious yes. to see and that. That to me is the treasure. Between these two buildings, they are just, a, well, il they illustrate 
what life was like. I mean, you can relate to walking mm -hmm. into the quartermaster's house and get the feel of it. It's very nice. Okay, good, let's do that. This is a pretty big house for only having four rooms. Yes, but that hallway is the secret. And of course, this is called a territorial adobe, the, the style, you could look it up, territorial mm -hmm. adobe. The classic thing is that they had a large hallway so that there was a breeze caught through this hallway cooling the other rooms. Okay. If it was really, really hot, they would leave the doors open at night and close up during the day. The other classic thing is that they have two chimneys and we have two rooms on each side, but we have a fireplace in each room, and they're beehive fireplaces, and they share the chimney. Oh, okay. So they were really, really efficient, the way they built. Right. They also had rope beds, straw mattresses, and we I can remember my mother saying to me, sleep tight. Why would she say that? That's because people that have rope beds they pulled the rope, Ma, mothers pulled the ropes and made another knot because the rope stretched. Oh, no kidding! So that is that? all of these beds in this beautiful house are original and they're rope beds. So sleep tight and don't let the bed bugs bite because yes. of the straw. Yes, <laughs> that is right. <laughs> so funny. you've got one of my um, favorite things to tell my school children when they come through. They I love, love that. I'll say, how many mothers? Uh, say sleep tight and they all raise their hands so this That's has cool. been so lovely having you here thank you so much yes, Tina. you're I welcome and now we've seen one more of Yuma's historic treasures and it's just been a lot of fun